host frank and tonight i'm joined by it's me peter hello frank hello peter we're continuing our forgotten age first look at rapid pace if you're just tuning in for this episode go and listen to our mystic and seeker episodes where we've looked at the mystic and seeker investigators respectively and then the player cards that have come in the deluxe and now we're going to do another investigator and player cards who are we doing peter i've got one of those big wheels in the middle of my floor uh, with like the pegs mm-hmm. on it that clicks as it yeah. turns around so I'm just going to give that a spin there we go it's going round Calvin Wright oh I should have said Survivor cut out me saying Calvin and just put I was looking at the card you see oh I see you'd already seen where it was going to end and you'd already gone to look at the card it has landed on Survivor. I'm leaving all of that in. That was so don't, good. don't leave that in there. Don't leave that in. <laughs> right, hold on to your butts, listener. Let's do this killer stat line. This is Calvin Wright, the haunted. He's holding his threatening dagger and looking fairly psychopathic, I'd say. He has a shocking willpower of zero, a terrifying intellect of zero, a stunning combat of zero, and an awe-inspiring agility of zero. He's cursed and he's drifted-traded. You get plus one willpower and plus one intellect for each horror on you and you get plus one combat and plus one agility for each damage on you. Elder Sign effect plus zero. You may either heal one damage or horror or take one direct damage or direct horror. If you hurt him, I'll kill you. And he has six health and six sanity. Wow, so, I mean, yeah. what's that Ter- like? Terrible, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and when this guy was announced, the stories in the community of people who have proxied him and the delight when they draw a, a ghoul minion or a hunting night gaunt and can just run around investigating, taking a tax of opportunity and letting that power him up. It's kind of, yeah, outrageous, yeah. really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And th- this is it. This is the thing with him. He, he wants to take that damage. Especially early on, so he can he can be get set up. So and there must be that sweet spot when you then get rid of the enemies. Because exactly, yeah. You can't so, just carry an enemy around forever. So he, he saves quite a bit of tempo early on because he's just blindly walking into damage and horror, which you would otherwise spend resources to avoid. Uh, and the other thing is he's quite flexible as well. So he can either, if he takes lots of horror, he can be a thinker and a a thinker <laughs> a, yeah you know a thinker and a booker yeah, yeah. that's it <laughs> but if he takes lots of damage he's then uh, combat and agility so you know and from scenario to scenario you can vary what direction you go with him yeah or you might find yourself forced to vary as well depending on you know if you draw rotten remains turn one and take three horror suddenly your intellect and willpower is looking a lot more decent than your puny combat and agility the problem is, when he's four across the board, so he's got four in every stat, he's only got two health and two sanity left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Which, the real kicker for me, yeah, that tiny yeah. health and sanity, that when you get to five across the board, 
a single point of damage or horror will end your scenario. And that, that to me is yeah, really knife edge scary. I'm glad he has a knife just to remind you that you're on the knife edge when you're playing as Calvin. I kind of think, no, I haven't got any experience playing him. And I know quite a few people mm-hmm. have because he was so intriguing when he was spoiled. But I feel like you wouldn't go for five and everything or that would happen quite rarely. You'd maybe boost a couple of your stats up and then have some leeway in the other stat. So you'd maybe be like four four two two. Okay. Yeah. Or two two four four. So that you've yeah. You've got a place to put some damage or horror. Exactly, yeah. And then you can even use cards like the uh smoking pipe or the, the painkillers to juggle those stats around a little bit, can't you? Oh, I like that, yeah. That's nice. And then you've also got leather coat and cherished keepsake as overflows and Peter Sylvester and Madame Lebranche as other places that you can slew excess horror or damage if things are starting to get dicey so what are his uh what's the back of his card say oh is it me it's me isn't it yeah right we have uh deck size 30 we have Mm -hmm. uh survivor cards level zero to five spirit cards level zero to three interesting and neutral cards zero to five his deck building requirements are until the end of time voice of the messenger and a random basic weakness. Okay. So spirit cards is an interesting one, isn't it? And actually, for all the traits, spirit is quite well populated with cards across the factions. Yeah, it's probably a bit more fleshed out than blessed. <laughs> or a little occult. bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also I think it's probably a bit more fleshed out than relic as well, which we saw with Ursula. So in here from Guardian, we've got I'll see you in hell, let me handle this, heroic rescue... Mano a Mano, and my favourite Guardian Spirit card, Stand Together. Yeah, it's one of my favourites as well. And actually, just before you move on to the other ones, some interesting cards in there from Calvin's point of view as well, Mm. uh, which involve taking damage, like Heroic Rescue. Yeah, pulling an enemy onto him. Yeah. It actually sets that up quite nicely. There's a a single rogue spirit card, which is I'm Out of Here, which also maybe Calvin wants in his back pocket should a scenario get too dicey and he's ready to to depart. Yeah. Guess. There's a single survivor spirit card, which is eidetic memory. That's an interesting one to have to put into your deck, isn't it? I guess because eidetic memory lets you copy insight events, which is effectively the easy way to remember it. It's every single seeker event. <laughs> mm-hmm. But another fun, fun thing to remember about insight events is that there are none in survivor Oh, that is Survivors have no right, insight. Yeah. So yeah. this would let you as Calvin copy any event played by your ally Seeker. Which, uh, maybe it's good? I don't know. I can't think of any many broken interactions there. <laughs> I'm sure someone will come up with one. You're also discarding the cards from their dis- the, the Seeker's discard pile as well. And most Seekers don't necessarily want to do that because they're looping their deck. So that that's really interesting to me as well. I guess if you've if you've like gone up to four intellect, you might want to copy I've got a plan or something like that. You've suddenly added an extra attack sort of from out of the blue. But yeah, and then for mystic spirits events, there's uncage the soul, which I don't think Calvin wants at all, and ward of protection is spirit traded at all levels. So we could take level 2 ward of protection, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, or level zero. Yeah. 
Which are and never bad cards to take, I don't think, water protection. Yeah, I I I think if you're if you're up to five damage, say, and you draw a grasping hands and you're really worried about pulling the tentacle and failing, taking a horror and boosting your willpower and intellect instead is no bad thing. It, it's it, it's exactly like you said with smoking pipe and painkillers. It's that sort of balancing act that you're going to want to be performing to even out your statistics when you need them evened out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's take a look at his signature cards. Until the end of time is a one-cost asset. It has combat and wild icons. It's a talent, and it's his deck only. Direct damage and direct horror may be assigned to until the end of time. Unyielding, uncompromising, he stood resolute in defiance of his fate. Two health and two sanity. This is a nice, nice little card, isn't it? It's a for only one cost. That's an extra two and two of his of his health, which I think is really good. Um, mm-hmm. It yeah. gives him that. We mentioned before the situation where he's got five across the board. He's now got uh, three health and three sanity to play with, rather than just one. Yeah, that's really so nice. Think, the fact that yeah, it can take yeah. direct damage and direct horror is really important to this card. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because of course you can pack his deck with keepsakes and leather coats. This is both of them together. Yeah. And it doesn't use any slots. I think just having that buffer to fill out is important. That yeah. you might be desperate for that leather coat if you can't find them because they're both the bottom three cards of your deck. You at least have this giving you some sort of extra defense. Interesting though, it doesn't do anything except provide a buffer. Yeah. So you have to be in a deck where you're pushing Calvin and taking damage with him. Well, I mean, you'd expect to be like that in Calvin anyway, you know what I mean? But this gives us a big clue that they expect us to be doing that with Calvin. Mm, That's yeah. the use of this card, is when he's closer to the edge. Yeah, yeah. Before that point, all damage and horror is going on him anyway, ideally. So you don't yeah. play this and take two damage and two horror on this before you start doing that on on yourself. You just that's just delaying your inevitable demise, I imagine. In a way, it's kind of the ultimate survivor, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's oh, just gritting your teeth, anyway. taking yeah. a taking another hit. Yeah. Okay, let's look at his weakness, which is the voice of the messenger, and this is a curse pact revelation. You must either choose one: take one direct damage and suffer one physical trauma, or take one direct horror and suffer one mental trauma. Mm. So again, this is interesting because it's not necessarily a weakness for Calvin. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you want to take the damage and having physical trauma means he starts the next game with a bit of a boost. Yeah. We've been conditioned over the past two cycles in the core set to fear trauma, for it to be something we're really worried about. There's very few situations where you... You're happy to take it. But we started to see cards towards the middle to the back end of last cycle, and now with this, that tell us that trauma or your health pool and your sanity pool is a resource there to be played with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. say, for example, I'll see you in hell. What's, if you play that in the, you know one of the last few scenarios, it's only a couple of damage across you know three damage over those scenarios but that could totally change the course of the game that you're playing at the moment so it's an investment of that future damage in yourself and calvin that's absolutely how he plays 
So he's wanting yeah, to yeah. invest his health pool in the trauma to give him the head start in the next scenario. You can also see how he would develop as an investigator that you play. When you start, you've taken no trauma and you're desperate for enemies or treacheries that you can fail to buff your stats. But if you've seen this, say, five or six times in the first four scenarios of a campaign, you're already starting at a, a reasonable-ish stat line, say you're like 3322 or 2233, and at that point you're not necessarily wanting to kite enemies around as much, and you're also not wanting to see this as often, because you don't want to get to that point where one of your stats is a five physical trauma. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not really, like you no. start with 5-5, five, five, but then anything will push you over the edge, and that need to find until the end of time becomes so pressing. It'll be really interesting to play Calvin and see how that develops over the course of a campaign, because definitely towards the end of a campaign, I won't want to see this at all, and I also won't want to loop my deck and see it multiple times. Whereas in other investigators you get more confident about drawing through your deck the better your deck is. With Calvin, it it might be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Should we move on to the, the cards themselves? Let's move on to the survivor cards themselves. The first survivor card is... Ooh, is it the art from one of the articles? It is. This is Improvised Weapon, a one-cost event. It's a tactic and improvised, which I think is a new trait... You may play Improvised Weapon from your discard pile. If you do, shuffle it into your deck after resolving its effects. Fight. The attacked enemy gets minus one fight for this attack. If you played Improvised Weapon from your discard pile, this attack does plus one damage. This Hello. is really, really <laughs> nice. I like this a lot. <laughs> wow. Is Improvised from the discard pile, do you think? Yeah. And it goes back, wow. in, but it goes back into your deck after you've played it. <laughs> yeah, so you can't just have it sitting in your discard pile doing multiple damage. Like it has to go somewhere else because your discard pile is where you want it to be. But this is really interesting for any of those investigators, and there's several of them already in Survivor, which discard cards for a particular yeah. inbuilt effect. So you know, Duke and his friend Pete and Wendy both like this card. Well, maybe Wendy not so much because she's not going to be doing any direct fighting. Yeah, maybe to kill a rats. That's the yeah, only, I can only yeah. see it for the reduction of the difficulty rather than the extra damage. It's one one cost for an almost guarantee kill of rats, which isn't too bad. But yeah, otherwise, no, I can't see Wendy playing it. Yeah, it, interestingly, it has no icons as well, so you're not going to commit this to a test to get it into your discard pile. That's so those right. investigators that have ways of discarding it, they'll they'll want that. Or I suppose the other option is that you pay it for play it for one and do a normal fight for one damage, and then pay one again and play it from your discard pile, and do another fight for two damage. So sort of three damage for two resources and two actions. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> really interesting. Actually, Mark could play this as well. It's a tactic. Does he have another... Does he have another other weapons? Maybe he doesn't like this, but one cost. Mark might actually overdraw as well with damage. Yeah. And this is the kind of card you then chuck away and it's it's then a kind of quasi vicious blow. It's another way of adding to your damage, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you're playing this against a three fight enemy, you'd be a five V two with Mark's stat line for two damage, which is kind of great. Like three up already. Wow. That's kinda of cool in it's Mark. A... I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a kinda of interesting card. I like it a lot. 
Well, because we've had the other factions and they've all had a theme of, you know, well, a particular strong theme. Do you think one of the themes for Survivor in this pack is going to be stuff played from your discard? And will that be improvised? Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's find out. Let's find out. Okay, next we have Dumb Luck. This is a two-cost event. It has uh, two agility icons, which is nice. Always nice. Dumb Luck. Fortune, which is appropriate. Fast. Play after you fail a skill test by two or less during an evasion attempt against a non-elite enemy. Place that enemy on top of the encounter deck. Fortune favours the oblivious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is quite good. It's, it's a bit like Oops, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and this worth noting this card was in the Calvin article as well. Right, yes, of course it was, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay. It's it's a bit like Lucky does something relatively similar, but this mm-hmm. all oops does is makes your attack successful, I believe. I can't, no, oops no, no, targets no, 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 a different That's right, yes. different enemy at the same CB2. location. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which can sometimes be quite cool because you attack poorer enemy to hit one that's maybe a loop or something like that yeah but it's it's yeah. fairly marginal this puts an enemy on top of the encounter deck which can be good i really enjoyed the conversation around this card because at first the first reaction was Meh. and then as people thought about the different applications of the card they started to think actually it has lots of different op- applications and it's one of these cards that might find a way maybe as a one-off into lots of different decks so yeah. some of the cool options if you're playing in a in a group and you want someone else to draw the enemy and you're far apart, if as long as you're not the lead investigator, you're putting that card for them to draw. Yeah, which is nice. Secondly, it gets rid of the enemy that won't engage you later in that scenario, which is uh, later in that turn rather, which is nice. Third, if the enemy has any tokens on them like doom, it wipes them off them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Which which is really nice, you know. Say uh, Wizard of the Order or something that's been amassing doom, and you're thinking, God, how am I going to pass a combat four check and do two damage to it? I'm not going to be able to do that. You can sort of wipe cards with doom, and then what it also does is, if enemies have specific spawn locations, if it's spawned on top of you, you could get rid of the enemy, leave that location, and then when you redraw the enemy, it's going to spawn where you previously were. So yeah. it gives you like a sort of pseudo scry a pseudo preparation um which is interesting this idea of fortune favoring the oblivious when actually it's the opposite of being oblivious you've got to be kind of on your toes to see how dumb luck could manipulate an enemy that otherwise you'd be like thinking oh gosh i've got to try and deal with this enemy through combat i really like it i'm really i'm really interested by it yeah yeah i I think what's interesting is that wendy likes likes these kind of cards because they're events as well, so she can play them with her, her amulet as well. Yeah, yeah. But with Oops, she very rarely has cause to fight. So yeah. one that uh, something like Oops that focuses on evasion, I think, is is more interesting for sure. Yeah, and it's nice that it's not just after you fail by two or less, evade a different enemy or something like that. This is a tangibly different effect than simply moving the result of the test and placing it on a different enemy so yeah i like that as well that this it it gives you a sort of evasion you know yeah Uh, and more than that in some cases okay should we move on the next card is yautl the lost son of etzli who's a unique ally asset 
and it costs 1 XP, 3 resources, but 1 XP, 1 willpower icon, ally and wayfarer traded, like Jake Williams, 2 health and 2 sanity, and there are 2 free triggers. Exhaust Yawtl, during this skill test, you get a bonus to each skill equal to the number of matching skill icons on the top card of your discard pile, not counting wild icons. Or also, free trigger, discard the top card of your deck. Limit once per turn. <laughs> that was a lot to compute. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. So, during this skill test, you get a bonus to each each skill yeah. equal to the number of matching skill icons. So if you have an elusive in your discard pile, you'd be getting an intellect and an agility bonus for your lockpicks. The number, what's the number of matching skill icons? If in your discard pile was simply so, oh, a stray cat with one agility icon, you would get plus one skill one. to agility for that test. Okay. So there has to be a matching skill icon. It can't be there are two combat icons in there, so I'm getting plus two agility. What? Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being an idiot? I don't understand this. So, it, okay, it, so, you're, so, so, so say you're doing an intellect test... Okay. And all you've got, the top card of your discard pile is a stray cat. That's giving you plus one agility. Oh, right. Which Sorry. doesn't, I've doesn't read this wrong. qualify it's for the skill test. Each skill, it's the number matching the skill. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm there. I'm there. So where this is nice is where you have tests where you're adding two different skills to each other and a, a an event, or an event, a card in your discard pile that has multiple icons yes. of that type. Exactly. So like resourceful, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Resourceful and lockpicks, where you get the boost to both. Or if you're playing a cheap shot and there's a card with a combat and an agility icon in your discard pile. But, I mean, also it will boost you if you've got... Look what I found in your discard pile, and you're doing an intellect test. You're doing an investigate. You can get plus two from that look what I found. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy with those desperate skills as well, because you sidestep the disadvantage on those, and then you, you get, you know, plus four to your test. Yeah, you use it for one test and then exhaust Yautl and use it essentially a second time. Well, I away. mean, you could even use it because desperate skill cards require you to to have low sanity. Oh yeah, so just discard just them discard and then use them like yeah. that. Yeah, what do you think of this second ability? Discard the top card of your deck, limit once per turn. Interesting. I think actually some investigators really like that. Yorick really likes that because Yorick has. Yeah. has difficulty getting the cards into his discard pile sometimes yeah makes you really think about what icons you have so if you've seen a lot of one type of icon and you're fishing for another icon at that point you can go well there are a lot of intellect icons in my discard pile and i really want a combat icon so i'm going to discard the top card of my deck hoping it's combat so i can then exhaust yawtl and get a combat boost or whatever it is yeah and of course there'll be a combo with something like scrying Mm. To, to oh yeah get rid yeah. of a weakness on the top of your deck yeah if only Norman could run this he could see what the top card of his deck was <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I interesting think it's, yeah, yeah it's interesting okay should we move on to the last card mm-hmm. it is appropriately enough called last chance <laughs> wow okay there's a lot of icons in this one <laughs> yeah so that's why I'm laughing this is a... is that carrots in the background or tentacles I think it's tentacles <laughs> okay, so this is a skill card. It has five, one, two, three, four, five <laughs> wild icons, uh, and it is a gambit. It says, commit only to a skill test with no other cards committed to it. 
Other cards cannot be committed to the skill test. Last Chance okay. loses a wild icon for each card in your hand. Wow. And the art is absolutely brilliant. It's a someone holding a pistol with a single round in the in the the chamber, the chamber, barrel. The barrel, the spinny bit. <laughs> the spinny bit, yeah. Uh, on on a revolver. So obviously getting ready <laughs> with that for that last shot. John Pacer has just smashed it with that art. That's great. It's really, really good. And I, I like this because there's six bullets normally in a revolver. I'm probably going to get some gun nuts really annoyed with me. No, that's actually yeah, not that's right. Yeah, that's right. That is, yeah, it's right. Uh, six shooter. Yeah. So, so you've you've got one wild icon for each empty, em, yeah, empty, nice. empty, empty slot in there. In there, and then last chance is that last bullet. So the sixth yeah. card <laughs> is your last chance. Yeah, and and it also. It's not really your last chance if you're holding back four more cards, is it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's a really nice interaction of flavour and mechanics there. I really like it. Yeah, I th- I can see this fitting into all of our survivors as well. In Ashcan Pete, you might have been discarding cards to keep readying Duke, and then this is what you want to, to land that Duke hit or something like that. Yeah, which is really nice. In Kelvin, particularly early on, if you've maybe rushed to set up and put down a few cards, you then actually want some way of the cards you might have put down are just soaking up horror or doing other things like that. And what you really want is big boosts like Rise to the Occasion or whatever else. And this is <laughs> definitely a large boost. I mean, it, it, it's good because even if you've got if you've got three other cards in hand and then your last chance and you commit the last chance, it's still got two icons at that point. Yeah, so it's still an unexpected courage. It, yeah, I mean, obviously you can't commit other cards to it, the, the, mm-hmm. the test, but, you know, sometimes it, you just commit an unexpected courage by itself. And, yeah. you know, quite yeah, yeah. often you'll have just three cards left in your hand. And yeah. beyond that, running... it just gets better and better. Even with another yeah. card in your hand, four icons, four wild icons is crazy. <laughs> yeah. If the other card is a lucky, yeah, you absolutely. Know, if you yeah. keep that back, game plus four, <laughs> you're more or less set, I would say. Yeah. It, it also, it combos so nicely with Madame Lebranche, right? You're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're another reason to go to no hand. Matt hinted in our Carcosa interview that there might be a sort of survivor archetype where they actually play with no cards in hand and this feeds into that you know you don't sit with your lovely eight cards with all your plans just kind of chuck things away particularly as wendy and just play everything out of your discard pile instead yeah just uh improvise weapons out of your discard pile <laughs> you know? i mean yeah exactly yeah well we, we've talked a bit about how rogues like to just throw everything at a skill test so a rogue who can also take survivor cards like wendy i think she really likes something like this yeah yeah but, yeah, but that, that's that... really nice. If you've just tried to land the really big double or nothing, watch this quick thinking play, maybe it's landed, but you've sort of emptied your hand. And yeah. this is a really nice defense card for then suddenly you need to pass some other test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, she fights at a six with this if her hand is empty. I know. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. I mean, she's only doing one damage, but still. Yeah. Or, or, or say like a, a willpower check comes up off the off the the encounter deck that you really don't want to fail you know this this goes yeah. in then nice yeah. yeah 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 i like it a lot so we haven't really seen an improvisation theme but we've seen more stuff to do with discard pile and chucking things in it 
which I'm happy to see. Yeah, it's more, it's a looser theme, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I felt it was slightly that way as well in Carcosa, wasn't it? We got Lantern and Gravedigger Shovel, uh, got resourceful to get them back, but we also got Hiding Spot that just confused us. So yeah, really interesting. Nice. Fantastic. So we've had some questions from some of our patrons. Thanks so much to all of our first patrons who've supported us and particularly thank you to those ones who've taken out tiers where they can send us questions here is a question that was once posed to you before peter from our patron darren how important is magnifying glass looking at all the investigators that can include it is it an auto include if you do have two in your deck is it worth the xp to upgrade both of them a uh, good question he, he can say thank you at this point yeah <laughs> I was it must have was the, was the phrase he used was it is it an auto include auto include yeah. I don't think it is an auto include I, not anymore mm. I ran through Path to Carcosa without magnifying glass because it's the worst kind of item to have if corrosion shows up yeah zero zero cost item yeah, if you upgraded well, well, it yeah, yeah one cost I do like it though it, it's, it's often a really nice first turn play and I don't mind paying the experience either for that first turn play, just free in. There you go. Yeah. And most of the time, that's a plus one intellect for a seeker because they spend most of their time doing investigate actions. A steady plus one as well is nice. Particularly compared to flashlight, seekers' intellects are normally high enough that they're not too worried about the shroud reduction necessarily. Yeah. And so for me, magnifying glass always would edge out flashlight for seekers. I've actually been I've been running the zero XP version in my min deck in Carcosa. We're just about to play Dim Carcosa, and the other thing I love about the upgraded version is I can pull it back to hand to help me pass the King in Yellow, which is kind of cool because it's plus two icons when Min commits it to something. Yes, of course, is, yeah, yeah, which which is nice, like lovely and flexible. I've found in Daisy I've stopped running it. If I'm running Milan and I'm up to six. I'm not that interested in magnifying glass anymore. It might still have a place in Rex because you're maybe not. Running I was about to say. I, I think Rex probably likes it a lot more. That take, yeah. that takes him up to five, which feels pretty comfortable for standard difficulty. And what about Ursula? Do you see it sneaking into Ursula? Well, she obviously lends herself heavily towards investigation, and she's got yeah. the uh, she's got the she got intellect of four as well, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So. I think for a similar reason to Rex, I think she she quite likes it. It feels nice and thematic as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe for her, fieldwork is the thing competing if she's going to be running around madly. Yeah, very true. Actually, I mean the the fact that magnifying glass upgraded is zero cost and fast. Yeah, that is not to be underestimated. It's a card which goes straight from your deck into play, and gives you yeah. a, a permanent stat boost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the ni- it's actually a nice thing if you need to discard an asset as well. It's a nice protective asset for Dr. Milan or your old book of law or yeah, so whatever other things you're running, you know, if you have to discard an asset. Yeah, yeah. That's where it's useful as well as that. Okay, it's only zero cost, it's not it's not the end of the world. So I like that too. Yeah. Good question, Darren. Thanks for making us think about magnifying glass. It's been a while since we talked about some of these cards from the core set, isn't it? Yeah, sort of take... Maybe we need to do a corset revisit or something. Yeah, you sort of take them take them for granted a bit. And it's it's also funny how maybe your attitude towards a card shifts, but because then it's not an invoke card that's being discussed a lot, it's not something that we're necessarily saying to each other like, oh, I'm really enjoying 
machete a lot more at the moment or something you know we're not we're not telling each other how we feel about these core set cards because it's just that conversation's over as it were but actually it doesn't need to be over they're worth revisiting yeah of course yeah Thinking yeah about, and yeah. and i think the meta will shift dramatically with each of the uh the cycles as they come out yeah i think so too i think so too it's been really fun seeing how art student in dunwich I really like that for Roland as the sanity buffer, but I knew that st- people still said, well, working a hunch is fast and costs the same. And then with calling in favours, it became more useful. And in Carcosa with horror around, it became even more useful. And you see the sort of the shift of a card where now I think you'd have to fight really hard to justify working a hunch over art student in Roland. Yeah. But it might shift again, where actually if, if allies keep getting killed by things, suddenly working a hunch gets stronger. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Well, that wraps up our Survivor first look at the Forgotten Age Deluxe expansion for Arkham Horror. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much.